Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, my name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined by Josh Sullivan over here. Hello. And uh, Matt Van Milligan. Hello. Welcome to you both. Thank you. We are in a spooky season. Mm. <laughs> it's that time of year where everyone's focused on uh, witches and ghouls and goblins yeah. and things. And, um, you know, it's Halloween. So... What kind of things uh, do people uh, participate in during Halloween? You know, all those spooky things. I find, if you're asking me, maybe it's because I'm getting old and crusty as I, uh, <laughs> as days and years go on. Uh, but Halloween is becoming a little more gross. Yeah. When I was a kid, people dressed as ghosts and things. But now you see a lot of like... Blood. You see a lot of like scantily clad people. <laughs> you try Halloween. to take whatever it is, the ideas, and you go to the extreme with it. So yeah. whether that be to the scantily clad, or whether that be go to the most goriest thing, gory, ever, and then, yeah, and then or you know, um, it still seems to be like people try to get the. Um, I'm gonna say uh, not fear factor, but like the shock, factor. shock factor. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, f- right off the bat, I do want to point out that Halloween is actually a celebration that started from the eve of All Saints Day, which is November 1st, where we celebrate All Saints. And so the eve, people would light candles and and things, and then all of a sudden, it kind of turned into something yeah. different, right? But now there's an, there's an element around sort of darkness and uh, scary things. Now, there are some Christians who don't want anything to do with Halloween. They yeah. say it's evil. Uh, they shouldn't participate. I think you can still participate in, in Halloween, if you Understand. have the right mindset, yeah. are dressed uh, appropriately, yeah. uh, you know, you're not pushing the boundaries of anything. You're not too gory or too uh, into like the dark stuff. On the other hand, people say like, "Well, it's uh, sort of the devil's thing." Hmm. And so today we're going to talk about the devil. Yeah. And why don't we talk about the devil? There's a lot of layers that go into it because. People think of the devil as someone who's sort of scary and we have nothing to do with because we're followers of Jesus. Whereas I think all of us at all times, like the scriptures say, have to put on the armor of God to protect ourselves from things that are out there that are evil. Because more and more today, things there are being blurred. The line is being blurred from what is evil and what is acceptable. So today we're going to talk about people who sort of follow Satan, like Satanists, Mm -hmm. what their practices are, but we're also going to talk about practices that the normal day-to-day person, even Catholic, Mm -hmm. might participate in that is actually not good for your soul. Yeah. I would call them evil or... Uh, at least serious, serious sin. Yeah, for sure. So why don't we start with, like, what makes someone a Satanist? Because some people might say that they follow, uh, worship the devil, but there are some Satanists that say that they don't worship mm-hmm. They the don't devil. believe the devil exists. Right, so, and, and perhaps that's... Right, that's what's wrong. Well, okay. it, I think I think that's one of the things. Is, is you know the greatest trick that the devil ever did was convincing the world that he doesn't exist. That whole uh, mm-hmm. spiel, but but specifically that is is that um, a lot of those when you get into it, they I don't think a lot of people get into Satanism by like I don't think somebody right now just decides I'm going for it. 
You know what right. I mean? I don't. I don't think that's yeah. the case. A lot. I was uh, in researching for the getting ready for this. A lot of people. Uh, I listened to a lot of witness testimonies, uh, specifically people that were actually firsthand and in, involved in that. And they were talking about how they came back to the Catholic faith, specifically Catholic faith, um, once they were involved uh, at a deep level. Sometimes in that, and they didn't speak necessarily about their experiences, but they talked about um, they talked about their journey, basically into it, and then how they what scared them and got them out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things is. Almost every single one of them that I listened to, it wasn't a, I'm going in full force, I'm going to go to attend a black mass and be part of this group. You know what I mean? It was it was a slow, dedicated, um, they, they, they were attracted to something. And so uh, for a lot of times it, be, it was about the ritual. And um, so in one case specifically, the man was... Um, his his family was Protestant, and and he started doing the he st- he got introduced to it through through a friend of his, and started kind of diving deep into it. But he was attracted to the ritual of like this is this is how you do this. You say these words, you do this, and then you say this. And he really liked the ritual of it, and he didn't realize what he was getting into until he started like and then like he just slowly went farther and farther and he said like if I could have told you at that age when I started that to where I got to at the end I would never would have thought that would have been the the whole journey but isn't that kind of like for us isn't that mm-hmm. how we always enter into stuff like it's, it's a little slippery slope <laughs> right like we don't yeah. we, like if, if if the sin is a sexual sin or if the sin is a, a, um, a, of a, a, any other nature you don't get into those sins you don't start at one spot and then end up at the other yeah. thinking like you don't jive two feet and go I'm going here you know what I mean it's, it's a slow, slippery slope that gets you into uh, way over your head a yeah. lot of times that you, you have a hard time getting out of. Yeah, it, it happens by degrees. Um, so yeah. that reminds me of um, uh, C.S. Lewis's book, uh, The Screwtape Letters. Yeah, and he's talking about it. like the tactics of the devil and how like the devil doesn't use the front door. Yeah. That it's like <laughs> that um, when, you know, uh, Uncle Screwtape is writing these letters to, you know, an apprentice His demon. Nephew. It's like that, you know, if you present someone with direct evil, they'll reject it. Yeah. So, like, it has to be this kind of roundabout way. It needs to be a slight distortion and a slight distortion and a slight distortion of truth until, you know, you get them um, along that path. Um, but to what you were saying about um, the things that people initially find appealing, because, like, again, if you, if, you, if you were to present Satanism to someone, most people would just find that. No. Yeah. Um, but people like Halloween. People like... Um, Harry Potter, people like yeah. uh, these, that, like, um, and we talked about it last week when we were talking about miracles. People have an innate desire for the supernatural. Yeah. We have an, an, and we talked about last week that, you know, there are positive and negative versions of this, or like that um, this can take on different forms. Some of them are properly ordered and rightly directed at God. Some of them are distortions. Some of them are entering into the, the supernatural by, you know, a negative path. Yeah. yeah and uh, now, I don't know if you would call them degrees, but I'm going to use that word. That there are certain degrees of Satanists, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, like there are groups that uh, gather, and you know, I read this ridiculous, ridiculous uh, local news story about like Satanists who are doing community service mm-hmm. and like all this stuff. Like almost like, wow, look mm-hmm. at them, you know, and and how tragic that is that that is even being reported yeah. in such a way. There are Satanists who, uh, I know there was a famous, uh, in Canada, there was a famous uh, group in, in just before COVID in 2019. Uh, they This group of Satanists, the Satanic Temple in Ottawa, Ontario, the nation's capital, uh, had what they called an unbaptism. 
an unbaptism. It was an invitation only ceremony. It was called an unbaptism. I know the uh, Ottawa Archdiocese of the Catholic Church spoke out against it, said that it was blasphemous. Uh, of course, they continued on with it. Then there, uh, so I, I'm not sure what an unbaptized. I mean, we yeah. know that you cannot be unbaptized. Yeah. Like yeah. once you're baptized, there's an ontolog- ontological change that happens in you that that can't be taken away. Now, then there are another degree of Satanists that perform what Josh called a black mass. Mm. And uh, a black mass is similar in ritual sense, or maybe I should say imagery. You know, there's an altar, Mm -hmm. there's candles, there's robes, there's things. There's a process. It's it's almost like the opposite of what uh, a Catholic mass looks like. And there are people involved in these uh, groups. We know, even locally here, a number of years ago, um, our bishop in our diocese had spoke to us about taking, uh, imagine a bishop had to speak to a bunch of priests about this, about making sure that we're taking our responsibility to protect the Eucharist seriously. Mm-hmm. He, had to speak with that, he had to speak to his priests about that. Because in the area of where our diocese is, there was these black masses being performed, performed or hosted or whatever the word you use. I mean, I think it's ridiculous. But, uh, and so, you know, and in our parish, people might say, well, why is Father Daniele always uh, so uptight about the Eucharist? You know, we got we got people watching on the sides. Yeah. We got me saying, you got to consume immediately and all this. Yeah. Well, because not everyone's honest, and these things are happening in our local area, and I don't think people know that yeah. per se, right? Um, so there are those degrees, and how do you perform a black mass? Well, you have to steal the Eucharist. Yeah, you steal oh, yeah, the yeah. Eucharist. You can't have a black mass without a stolen Eucharist. A stolen Eucharist. So we have to be on guard as Catholics. We have to be uh, prepared. I mean, you know, in many ways, anyone can come into our church. Yeah, we don't question. We don't, you don't, yeah. don't want to show your Catholic ID card at the door or whatever it might be, <laughs> yeah. right? So we have to be on guard. In the same way, we have to be on guard uh, from from other things like what what they believe. It, it just becomes part of how they live, and how <laughs> what they believe and how they live starts to seep into yeah, the way we life. live, yeah. the way society is. That's why you get these local news articles about like, oh, look at the community service that this satanic group is doing. God bless them. I guess yeah, not God no. bless them, <laughs> but you know something bless them for <laughs> giving up of their time or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and 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 so just like we have to be on guard protecting the Eucharist in our churches. We have to be on guard protecting our soul in society. Mm-hmm. And you see the influence of evil seep into lots of different areas of life. You see it seep into families. You see it seep into our school system. You see it seep into many different places that me and you yeah. and other people of goodwill work, play, and live. Right? And that's why it's important to always be on guard. It's it's important to kind of note here. It's like as we talk, we're we're talking about uh, there's a real ide- uh, there's a real person, there's not a person, a uh, real um, being that we're talking about here. And there's a true um, a thief, a liar that wants to 
kill, destroy your soul. Um, so the Catholic Church teaches that, and we really do believe that that like there's an identity out there that wants that, and 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 he has minions of followers that are that are going towards that goal. Like we believe that as a Catholic Church, it's not just some fairy tale or some thing that we you know uh, promote to try to scare you like the boogeyman or something. This yeah. is this is something that's really real, right? And so so to protect ourselves against that, like it's something that we actually have to do. Um, but specifically, that the devil can't actually create anything. He has no power to create. Um, all he can do is distort or to twist. And those are like, if you look at a lot of things in, in the satanic um, rituals and stuff like that, all they're doing is taking Catholic um, teachings, Catholic um, rituals, yeah. and they're distorting them. Twisting they're yeah. twisting them into something that's definitely broad. In fact, I was listening to a guy, and he said at the at the highest levels of of um, like when you when you get into the club deep enough in the worst things that that the highest things that you can do, but the worst things that you can possibly do have in, involve two things, and they involve a consecrated host. And so the things that you do that are, and he, and he didn't even talk about them. He didn't want, like, he didn't want to relive the moment. But he said, then the other thing are, are the things you distort or you, um, yeah, is, is, is the Eucharist and then sex. And he said the things that we do are just, in, like, he, he can't bring them up again because he just start, is moved to tears with some of the things that, he said, he, for, for this one witness that was talking about, he's like, he was never in, he was in it for the magic and the power. He was, he got into it through uh, a means of trying to be powerful, but also magical, and he really liked that he could control things. And he said some of the things that he did were, like, was, like, were supernatural, you know what I mean? And he, and he was, he, it drew him into that. But then to get to that point, he said some people get into it because of sex. Some people, like, they're, they're twisted. It, the, the gateway for them is, I'm going to say, pornography. And then slowly their, their mind around what uh, sexual gratification slowly gets perverted into a certain point. And so they enter into it from there. But for him, it was about, about power and the Eucharist, not the Eucharist, power um, and magic and stuff. And so he, he, he really felt like when he went down the deep tunnel, I'm going to say, um, the things that he was made to do really scarred him uh, because of, because of, but he realized that the two most holiest things on earth, one was sex and one was the Eucharist, because those were the two things that this, um, that Satanists tried to distort the most, tried to um, corrupt the most, you know, with, with, with their satanic practice, like specifically the rituals and specifically in the black mass. And uh, he said, there's always an element of, of desecration, but there's also an element, always a sexualized element in the black mass or any of the services that are performed. And the part of that is to, to take those two, you know, we were talking about this before we went on the air yeah. because something that we, we, I think we both didn't know yeah. uh, about this was that, uh, police, Local police, yeah, and, that was uh, cool. Provincial police, federal well, police have, yeah, I guess it's not cool, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they they have training for crimes with occult practices. Yeah, and uh, like they have a little training booklet. We even found it online, yeah, like this the, manual, the drawings of uh, of, of what a what satanic the altar looks like, some of the images that they use, and, and what to look at, what to look at when you're uh, look sort for of investigating and, yeah. a crime scene that's uh, allegedly having a, like some sort of a cult crime, right? And I think it's, I, I think it's. Uh, it should be a wake up call for people if, if it's actually it, taught to the police, to the police. officer. Or like that's that's like, an amazing. This is happening, I think, more 
than we know. And and some of the things that would be occult crimes would be like uh, ritualistic child sex abuse. Yes. Um, child sacrifice. I mean, I don't know if that's happening locally, but uh, you know, uh, yeah. homicide, animal mutilations, mm-hmm. mutilations. Yeah, I think I said it right. Vandalism, desecration. I say. I think you said of religious property. Yeah. Um, or, or even religious artifacts. Or religious artifacts. So, like a crucifix yeah. that's that's bashed to bits or mm-hmm. taken, hang up upside down, or. And I don't think they have their own. Like there, there wouldn't be a church or building, right? Yeah. I think they're not. They don't do that. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Um, it's not funny, um, but you know you have different different level or different. Um, I'll say manifestations of Satanism. So you have like kind of that the stories you hear about like direct engagement with the diabolical. Like you yes. have, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, the the exorcism movies or, or things like that, sure. or even even reading someone like Father Gabriel Amorth uh, about kind of real life exorcisms. Um, and those types of things, but you have you have kind of the the public face of um, the satanic temple, um, and this is an organization, um, you know, in, in so far as it's organized. Um, it, it, and this is what I think is not funny, but interesting. But it's it's like um, the G.K. Chesterton novel, uh, "The Man Who Was Thursday." Um, one of like um, <laughs> uh, one of the, the the institutions in there is the Central Anarchist Council, which is internally <laughs> kind of contradictory or ironic. So it is funny that you would expect some something that is identifying with Satanism to be kind of this completely anarchic organization to be, you know, yeah. reject structure at every level. But, you know, in, in reality, so, sort of the kind of official public face of, you know, the satanic temple is actually presenting itself as kind of a philanthropic organization. You know, it, it's something like, you know, the, the um, uh, we talked about uh, Freemasons uh, yeah. a little while ago, you, you know, it's, it's um, uh, and, you know, this could be a recruitment tactic. This could be just kind of an entry point for people who want just that structure, want a social club, um, want... And then, but as you said, as you get kind of deeper into it, kind of the, um, the, the, the kind of the, the real intent um, uh, starts to show. Um, even if you, uh, you, you, you can go to their website, I don't recommend it. And, and also, I, I think, <laughs> no, no, but like yeah, yeah, on, on top of this, it's like um, you want to strike that balance between what we're saying that, that we want to be on our guard against these yeah. things. But there's also a very real possibility that we develop an unhealthy interest in these things. Yeah, I was like a curiosity yeah. that leads somewhere dark. Yes, yes. yes. So just, just trying to. To balance those things, but if if you read uh, the tenets of the the, the Satanic Temple mm-hmm. um, at face value, at least you know a lot of us wouldn't find too much to argue with there. Like it is, it is it's very vague, um, and it's it's again centered around kind of um, um, you know being empathetic and being compassionate, and you know yeah. um, uh, all all these things. But but uh, it's always rooted in the individual, mm-hmm. um, and you know what what they sort of actively do. Um, or kind of their their public message um, is kind of advancing secularism, mm-hmm. advancing. So again, you have these like you have the direct kind of inversion and distortion of liturgy in something like a black mass, but you have this happening in kind of more subtle and nuanced ways at kind of the the entry points that you know the individual is prior to um, organization is prior to revelation that you know yeah. uh, materialism is is the only only reality through which you know. Um, you know, you can communicate real knowledge, um, and again, this is this is attractive for people. This gets them interested. Yeah, um, and then yeah, then by, I get by degrees. Yeah, yeah. There was this horrible 
like a glamorous article on uh, Satanists that CNN put out like a number of years ago. It was like, like it was trying, it was it was kind of like trying to trying to like make Satanists sound cool. Mm-hmm. It was like you know five things you didn't know about Satanists. Yeah. It was just so ridiculous, such horrible journalism that they would try and make this look like it was acceptable. Like in what world would that be acceptable? Mm-hmm. So it's like you know. Uh, they're committed to community activism and individual freedoms. And they they don't believe in Jesus' birth, but they still celebrate Christmas and like all these ridiculous. They place a high value on 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 symbolism and art. You know, like <laughs> like runes, like <laughs> like, like what? I, I mean, yeah. it's just ridiculous. So yes, I, I but I think it's very good that you mentioned that. We can't let a curiosity for these things, mm-hmm. or even article, ridiculous articles like this, to, to spur in us like an interest that's going to lead us down the now, wrong path. Now, one of the things to kind of point out too. So what? So what is so wrong with Satanism? On like, let's let, let's take religion out of it. Take our Catholic faith out of it, if you will. But would we stand by to saying like, um, it, for instance, if 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 we know that they're desecrate, like part of their thing is desecrating holy objects in Christian Catholic. Mm-hmm. Worlds, right? Like that's part of their part of their mass, and we know that. I mean, um, so we wouldn't stand by to have like the Catholic Church didn't stand by to uh, when when the just a little while ago they were trying to burn the Korans. Uh, they didn't stand by when the, like like if you if if people were desecrating the Jews, let's say the Star of David of somehow, and they and they like, the Catholic Church wouldn't stand by for those things. I mean, and in the past. Being the past, there's sin and there's fault. But the Catholic Church now like stands by that, saying, "No, no, freedom of religion for all." But but you don't like we wouldn't stand by to let them desecrate a religion like that, you know, burning them or or you know everybody has to stomp on it or or whatever the case may be, um, because because that sign of respect is not there. But for some reason, against the Catholic Church, it's okay, you know, or the Christian Church. I'm going to say right, and that's and that's something that we've seemed to to have found. In, in the Western society, I'm going to say. You don't see it in other places. You see it in the Western societies most prevalently. Um, even just, we talked about a long time ago, um, the sisters of... Uh, Perpetual indulgence. Indulgences. And, and just how, like, all, what they basically game. do. Yeah, they, they take... Yeah, yeah, they're glamorized of the baseball game, and they basically take Catholic... Um, so they dress like nuns, and then they do perversion stuff to Jesus on the cross, and like, and they do this at a baseball game. This would never be allowed in any other mm-hmm. potential avenue or any other faith, let's say. But for some reason, it's it's tolerated against Catholics. So we were talking about like things that kind of seep into the culture. So yeah. there are things that even Catholics are involved in that are actually have roots. In evil, <laughs> like, yeah, and just like Matt, uh, you know, the, you said Satan doesn't take the front door. Uh, there are some things that practices that people are doing that needs to stop, and okay. uh, so uh, let's just list a few of them in the, in the in the remaining time that we have. Number one, I would say right off the bat is Ouija boards needs to stop. You cannot uh, buy them, sell them. Uh, own them, use them, use them. Yeah. Uh, Ouija boards are not uh, are not acceptable. They are an open door into something that's really, really wrong, and opening the door to spirits. In fact, I was listening to um, another podcast, and they were talking about um, they had this sort of expert in 
<laughs> talking about this, and he said that even like witches, yeah, witches, uh, people who are in that sort of business, w- Wiccan or Wiccan witches or whatever, or whatever yeah, uh, they they don't go anywhere near Ouija boards. Like, yeah, they're scared they, of them because they know. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah. nope. No, we're not doing that. Uh, so if you have a Ouija board at home, you need to burn it. Burn it, burn it, burn it. Uh, and uh, if you have young children playing with it or you see it at the no, store, yeah. you do not buy it. You see it at a shop, you do not buy it. Uh, like nothing. Uh, it is It is not uh, acceptable. I mean, because, because you're asking for power that's not of God. You're asking for a divine... To, to, and what are you asking questions for? You're asking questions that are trying to reveal some truth to you. For what reason? You know what I mean? Like, so, like, those are the those are the reasons why the Catholic Church says wrong because you're not asking it of God, and you're not asking. You're trying to divine an answer um, from us. Like, a, you're putting power in a source that is of that's not of God. Yeah, so. and uh, you know, right back from the Book of Deuteronomy, it, it, Deuteronomy chapter eighteen, it says, "No one shall be found among you who makes a son or daughter pass through fire, yeah. or who practices divination." Or is a soothsayer, or an ogre, or a sorcerer, which, or one who casts spells, or who consults ghosts or spirits, or who seeks oracles from the dead. For whoever does these things is abhorrent wow, to the yeah. Lord. It is because of such abhorrent practices that the Lord your God is driving them out before you. That's right from the book of Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. This is serious stuff, right? Even the, uh, the the catechism of the Catholic Church speaks against magic, against sorcery, against all these different things. Like it is, it is not... It is not to be taken lightly. So that's mm-hmm. the first thing. I drove by on uh, one w- w- on my way from one church to the other. <laughs> there was a big sign that said "Palm Readings yeah. this weekend" or yeah. "Next weekend" or whatever it was. And you know, I hear people talking about it. Yeah. Like, are we going to go check that out? Are we going to go wait in line yeah. for that? Or what are we going to go? And it's like, no. I have I have, a, I have a family member who who went. This is years ago, like. 50 years ago. Um, but 50. Yeah, well, they, they, had, they, had, they were with child. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to know, the, the doctor said, I don't know if this child's going to live, and yada, yada. And so they wanted to know, like, what's the fate of this child? So they went to a... Um, I don't palm know if reader? Palm fortune reader teller. or a uh, fortune teller of some sorts. Uh, I don't know if it was tarot cards or palm reading. And um, they went in, and the person said, um, we can't do that. You've got something in your pocket. And she's like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. And so she reached into her pocket and she pulled out. It was a rosary. So like right there, that scared her enough that she did not come back. Like it was, you know what I mean? Like wow. how how powerful of a witness is it that they wow. could tell that they have some sort of holy relic in your pocket? And I mean, that's the words of the person. But like you have something in your pocket that's preventing us from doing this thing. Like right there, the power in the rosary itself just, and it, like again, it, the rosary is just a couple beads and stuff, but just the power and the symbol of, of, that the rosary represents. Mm-hmm. How powerful is that? So those are things like that happened in my like of people that I know, you know what I mean, that have told me that story before that and, and that changed their aspect on tarot readings and palm readings and everything else. There's a power there. There is power. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that power doesn't come from God. And and w- and one of the things that I listened to another guy talk about was specifically that was the devil doesn't want your love because the devil can't do anything with love. Only because God is love, right? So the devil he wants slaves. He wants transactions. So what he wants is, I'll give and then I'll take. And so when you're doing things like tarot cards and you're doing things like Ouija boards and when you're doing things, you're you're selling a piece of yourself for the answer that is, that's coming forward. And it's that transactional... Um, 
the transactional details that that you're doing you're using in this that that allows you to slip down that slippery slope into transactions further on down the road if that mm-hmm. makes sense and so that's why they're so dangerous um, and, and it's opening a door to the demonic to to absolutely you know, so yeah. And that's why the Catechism of the Catholic Church 2116 says consulting horoscopes. Yes. How many people do that on a daily basis? Consulting horoscopes. Astrology, palm reading, interpretation of omens, lots, the phenomena of clairvoyance, and recourse to mediums all conceal a desire for power over time, history, and in the last analysis, other human beings. They contradict the honor, respect, and loving fear that we owe to God alone. And that's what the, what's, what's wrong with it. People say, what's wrong with First reading a horoscope? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They, that, that we owe to God. And that's part of the tactic. That it's like, if, if people, like people made in the image and likeness of God have an intuitive ability to recognize a clear evil. Um, or just that, you know, if, if this were presented to you as, you know, you're, you're getting involved with the diabolical. Most people would just say, no, no. thank you. What's yeah. what's the next exhibit? But it's not. It's passed off as entertainment. It's passed off as, you know, just, just something benign that you can do to pass the time. Um, and again, uh, from a tactical per- perspective, it gets people involved in these diabolical practices right. with no knowledge of it until they're kind of sufficiently entrenched. It's on social media all the time. You yeah. see that, like, okay, read your horoscope. Read, read your horoscope now. And they might not even call it, read your fortune. Read, read. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, if you're November, this is what it says about you. Like, those are horoscopes, right? I mean, like, whatever the case may be. So, again, taking those with, uh, don't don't give them any power. Don't give them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, you know, don't, yeah. Don't go down that road. Okay, so there's we talk about Ouija boards, we talk about palm reading, horoscopes, uh, uh, consulting mediums, you know, that ridiculous show that was on TV. I don't even know if she's still on. It was very popular with daytime crowd, you know, the soap opera crowd. It's like Teresa something. She's a palm reader, and she that's her whole show is very popular. Anyways, you know, things like that we shouldn't even watch. No, we should, like no. that is not entertainment. Be, be, playing around with mediums or playing <laughs> around with it, like that is not entertainment. Like uh, one 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 famous author, I can't say, would was, would you drink? Because one of the things that we always say, right? Oh, but it's really good. It's, it's, it's really so entertaining. Fun. She's it's so, so nice. Yeah, but would you drink poison from a golden go- goblet? Like, <laughs> just because it's given to you in a golden chalice, would you drink the poison? You know? No, you wouldn't. Like, be, So what is the poison? The poison is, you don't believe it. But then after five or six different times of watching it, well, you know what? This one thing actually happens to kind of speak a little truth to me. And that's how you get you know, mm-hmm. hooked. And then slowly you move down, your way down there. Yeah. And then there's uh, tarot cards. Did we say yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tarot cards, of course. That's something that uh, we shouldn't uh, play around with. Also, Wiccans. Wiccans, uh, all that, you know, stuff yeah, yeah. I'm not... And you're looking for magic. So a lot of times people are looking for magic, but they're looking for real magic, meaning they're not just looking for... So they're, they're going into things like um, Wiccan uh, is looking for... It's, a lot of times Wiccan starts, again, kind of more into the magic in nature. So yeah. looking for power in nature, which seems very almost harmless. It's witchcraft. But it, but it eventually gets into witchcraft right. is what it is. And that's what those are the people that are saying, okay, don't deal with Ouija boards because they sense and know the power that is in a Ouija board and then the contractual obligation in a Ouija board and that they don't, they don't touch them. They don't get involved with them they, because they already know how evil and bad that is for your soul. Um, like, yeah. So uh, black and, and then and then there's the air areas like we talked we, we joked about Harry Potter but there are places <laughs> things like Harry Potter D and D and and I understand there's a yeah. warning that comes with those areas and the reason why the, the Catholic Church doesn't say you can't watch Harry Potter 
Uh, it doesn't no. say you can't play D and D. In fact, I think our bishop, when I was talking to him last, he used to play D and D all the time. And he, uh, you know, role playing yeah. games are great. It's when you let the you, when you let the fantasy world become your reality that yeah. there's a problem. You can be entertained by the Harry Potter world, yeah. but if all of a sudden you want the power of being a witch and you start looking into Wiccan. That's a problem. Yeah. Um, you want to be a wizard or uh, playing D and D, and you want to play a role game where where you have some sort of power. That's fine yeah. if you're if you're keeping it in the context of a game. But as soon as you bring that out of that and you start looking for it in real life, there's a problem there. You're not allowing God to be the source and summit of who you're called to be. You know what I mean? He he, you're putting power elsewhere. Yeah. And it's, it's not the topic of this episode, but I, I could launch, the English major in me wants yeah. to kind of latch onto this. And like the proper function of fiction, the proper yeah. function of, of literature. So something like that, you can think, yes, it's not inherently problematic or no. it's not necessarily inviting or introducing something diabolical. Um, but there is a potential, if this is done by someone who's, who's not properly discerning, um, who is to you know develop an obsession around so, some of these fictional yeah. um, uh, aspects, um, or not properly understanding what, what, what role playing can actually do in a, in a positive sense, or, or that kind of yeah. idea that you know um, fiction should always kind of take you out of yourself momentarily and inform reality. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's 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 something that y- you know you take with you to your real life, um, and it, it 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 serves some good. Um, there's you know, the negative aspect of that is that, you know, you get obsessed and absorbed into yeah. the content of your fiction that takes you away from reality. And that becomes a problem, you know, whether it's, whether it's Harry Potter, whether it's D&D, whether it's Lord of the Rings, whether it's a- anything um, that, you know, can, can become an obsession or become um, a stepping stone to... Yeah, something that's more. right. It's not like a it's not like a sports team where you yeah. you're wearing the jersey and you watch their games. It's like this, something like this that like kind of overtakes your everyday, right? Yeah. Uh, and so that's where the obsession becomes very harmful yeah. and, and very harmful for the soul. And th- and that's why like all these things that we're talking about today, we're not just being crusty. We're, 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 <laughs> you know, we're 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 being honest because they are harmful for the soul. Yeah. They're harmful for the soul. And, and they have an impact on us that I don't think people recognize or realize, yeah. or realize when they when they First. are in it. Like uh, uh, going back to the Ouija boards, you know, like they said, like <laughs> when, when the young girls get together or uh, people play the Ouija board, you know, something might not happen right away, but they've opened up the door hmm. to, to pretend, yeah. potential evil spirit uh, now lurking in their life, Mm -hmm. you know? And I don't think people understand that playing with these things are, are, or or just anything, all these things that we've mentioned, when when they're harmful for the soul, it might not seem that way right away. But you've opened up a door now to allowing evil... In, like where do you, where you know we were talking about Satanists. Where do you think that started? Yeah, <laughs> did that was, you think yeah. it started? It started because people were bored. One, one no, of, it started somewhere. One of one of the one of the uh, testimonies that I heard in preparing for this was was that he said that he was and he was deep into the uh, satanic and occult, and he said that almost every single person that he that he knew in in the culture. Um, started with a Ouija board, mm-hmm. and it's not again like horoscopes, Ouija board, tarot cards, and Wiccan practices. And those were the th- those were the ones that like yeah. stood out on his mind the most. That these are the ways that because again, it's a game. It's sold as a Fisher Price game. It's I a mean, shame. that's that's what it's sold as. So you're going to enter into it. You're reading the horoscope. It's it's sold as a social media game, but then all of a sudden that that fortune or that that answer rings true for one thing, and then all of a sudden now that. 
sparks the doubt in your mind that maybe there is something here. Mm-hmm. And so you do it now. Now you have a real longing for a, a, an answer somehow. Instead of turning to God and asking God for that truth, you turn to this. And now you actually start putting onus and power in your decision-making and or handing over decision-making to this thing, whether it be tarot cards, Ouija boards, fortune-telling, whatever, right? Like you actually start handing over your free will to the answer here because you've seen little, little sparks of truth, potentially what comes forward because you've opened the door to play with that, right? And so if you, if you just shut it out completely, there's no chance that you're going to be able to. So that's why the church says, no, this is like any kind of divination, any kind of sorcery, any kind of this kind of stuff. No, you stick away from it, horoscopes, any of that. Yeah, and so with Halloween around the corner, let's yeah. remember this, and and not just on Halloween. Let's like uh, this is an opportunity for people to reflect on: Am I participating in things that aren't good for my soul? Yeah, you know th- these things are serious and have serious implications. We we ask the Lord to renounce all these things that are evil and and, and open up the doors to something that's really, really not good. Like, you know, people say, well, you believe in evil? You believe in the devil? Like, yes, Jesus has conquered those things. Mm-hmm. But we... You don't we have don't, to be scared. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to be scared of them, but we, we don't have to... We should also be careful to put on that armor that yes. we're talking yes, about. Agreed. All right, that's all the time we got t- uh, today. So if uh, you have any comments or questions that you can uh, that you are interested in or want to ask us uh, about this topic or any other topic, you can drop us a line in our comment boxes on our YouTube channel or our social media, or you can send us a direct email at askusatthecatholicbuzz.com. We pray for your safety and your protection from all evil. And for Josh Sullivan and for Matt Van Milligan, my name is Father Daniele. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz. Mm-hmm.